Hey, Adam Smolcom here, lead pastor of Vive Church. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that God will speak to you through the message today and that a greater level of faith would be unlocked in your life. God bless. So good to see you in the new year, church. Happy 2022. So glad that you made it out today on the first Sunday of the year. I also wanna welcome everybody online, just gonna let you know, but if you made it to church, there's extra credit in your heavenly bank account, I'm sure, I'm sure. I don't know if I can back that up theologically, but me and God, we're good, and so I'm just gonna speak on His behalf. I'm gonna proclaim some things. Your account just went up, and whatever that account means and looks like, I don't even know, but it feels good, right? I'm glad you came out to church. It's a good Sunday to come too, because today we're starting a brand new series. New series, new year, same you. So I'm excited to get into it today. In fact, would you join me and open up your Bibles together as we prepare our hearts for the first installment of the year? And I'm not just, I'm not thinking this is just a Sunday installment. I feel like this is gonna be a prophetic word for our entire year. I feel like God is gonna help us carry this throughout the year. And I think a good place to start a Sunday and a start a year is in the start of the book. Would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 15? And uh, we're gonna use this passage of Scripture, a potent passage of Scripture, if you know what I'm talking about, to begin our year. It's Genesis chapter 15, verse one. It says, After these things, the Word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse six, and he believed in the Lord and he being God accounted it to him for righteousness. (laughs) My goodness. Today I wanna speak to you from a subject called a little tent. A little tent. We're in our infinite series and the first installment of this infinite series. And I don't even know how long this series is gonna go. It could be infinite, I'll be honest with you. But the first installment is a little tent. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you appetized and hungry? I know we're on a 10 day fast. I know some people are hungry right now, but I wanna know, are you hungry for the Word of God? Come on, if you're hungry for the Word of God, find 14 people around you, elbow bump them, fist bump them, do something, welcome them. I wanna go ahead and welcome every single Vive Church location from Morgan Hill to to Austin, Texas, Honolulu, everybody in between, San Jose, Palo Alto, San Francisco, Oaktown, Milan, Rome, Chicago, and online, everybody around the world. We wanna welcome you to the first Sunday of 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Trust you had an amazing Christmas and New Year's break. Old news, okay. Well, in case you wanted to know, I had a great one. Thanks for asking. 
had a fantastic, our first Christmas at home, actually, since moving to the United States of America and since becoming an American, our first Christmas at home in America. And uh, we usually go away for Christmas, but we stayed at home and it was great. It was fantastic. Despite the fact I did a couple of things I didn't want to. Like one thing I didn't want to do, we did, we got a new puppy. Wasn't wasn't really wanting to do that, but it was the desire of my wife's heart. You see, we already have a, a dog named Franco. We've got a couple of dogs, actually. Uh, we've got a dog named Franco, and he loves me. Like, he loves, he's my dog. And Kara's like, I want that kind of love. And so she's gone and got, got herself a girl version of Franco called Fran. So we've got Fran and Franco now. And, uh, and she's a menace. She's keeping us up at all hours of the night. And, uh, you know, sorry, Kim, I know you just had a child, so we don't even compare. But, I mean, we can leave ours in the laundry, you know what I mean, and go to church. Anyway, still, I'm old now, all right, and I need my sleep. Didn't want to do it, but we did it. The other thing I didn't want to do, and I am already prepared to lose half my congregation over this, is, is I went against my will to watch Spider-Man. And I say I'm re- willing to lose half my congregation because I don't like Marvel movies. No. See out there, I don't. I don't like this fake garbage. I don't like the fact that you can just make up superheroes and supervillains and whatever you need to be the victor. You just make that element up. Like you can all of a sudden do this now and you can do it. Like it's just, I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't interested. I got dragged there by my family. I was forced to sit with a, at least I got popcorn. I was happy about that. But, but I, and I don't know if I was in the Spider-Man setting, but things were connecting, you know what I mean? Like, like over the Christmas period, it wasn't just Spider-Man. I, I actually saw, I actually watched the, the launch of the James Webb satellite as well. The telescope, anybody see that? Or oh, you missed that, you were too busy watching Marvel crap. I, I, was, I, was, I was looking at real science in action. Like real life exploration of space. That's what I was watching. Well, you're in a fantasy world. I was in reality watching the fact that, and this is cool stuff. Don't hate. I didn't launch it. NASA did. This thing is like $10 billion. $10 billion. 20 years in the making. Now, this is cool stuff. Because the little fact is the fact that when they started making it, they hadn't even invented the technology they needed to finish it yet. But 20 years later, they have the technology, now they finish it, and they've launched this James Webb telescope. It's 1.5 million kilometers out from Earth. Not like the Hubble telescope, which is in Earth's orbit. This thing is like out there. And this was really cool to me when I'm, do, like I'm doing a deep dive over Christmas. I'm like in my phone and I'm like researching. Kira's like, can you focus on the family? I'm like, babe, I'm doing research. And, and I was like into it. And I, and, they, and I realized that they actually, that's 1.5 million kilometers out from Earth. That's how far it is away from us. But it measures in light years. So we can measure how far it is in distance, but what it's reading and sending back to us is in light years. This stuff is, we're talking time and space stuff, guys. And I was so into it. And as I'm researching and as I'm exploring the outer galaxies, this is what it's meant to tell us. It's meant to be in deep space. Like the edge of the universe is where it's meant to portray pictures and images back from. I'm just thinking, God, you're big. Like, I can't, even, I can't even fathom how far that is. Like, it's not just even in our solar system. It's in different solar systems. And it's, it's re- I'm like, God, you're, you're, you're big. Now, I don't know about you. 
I don't know what your plans are for 2022, but I got some big goals this year. You better believe it. I got some, I got some big goals. I'm expecting some major miracles this year. And it's really great as a reminder to know that God is not limited. <laughs> How many people are with me? It's good to know and it's good to be reminded that God is big. God's big. When you begin to look at how far we're seeing and what we're researching, God is big. In fact, there isn't actually even a measurement that you can use when it comes to God because He's infinite. Infinite in every way. And maybe a great way to begin our, what would I call it, our, 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 our spiritual journey this year would be to get a better perspective of God from, from the start of the year. That, that would be helpful. If we get better our perspective of what's possible with God, maybe it, would, maybe it would eliminate some of our excuses that we use. Maybe it would overcome some of our limitations that we're aware of. Maybe to understand the magnificence and the magnitude of God, we could actually look at some of the aspects of His nature. For instance, you want, might wanna write this down. God is omniscient, omniscient. In other words, he, He's all-knowing. Basically, God knows everything and his knowledge is unlimited. And it's his infinite knowledge that causes God to be sovereign over all things and also to be supreme judge since he not only knows what has happened, he, he knows what will happen and he also knows what could have happened because he knows what happened in your heart. Because of this, nothing takes God by surprise. Like he's not alarmed. God is not caught off guard. He is not nervous about any single decisions that you have made or you will make. God is not pacing nervously in heaven, hoping you make the right decision. There is nothing that escapes the knowledge of God. However, simply because God is not anxious or is He worried, it does not mean that He is not concerned about every single detail of your life. That's so cool. Like, like, like he's, the Bible says He's concerned about every detail. When you say concerned, he's not concerned. He's not worried, he's, but he's concerned. Yeah. It concerns him. He, he knows you intricately and intimately. In fact, the vastness of his knowledge goes way deeper than mere facts or even actions, and it actually involves feelings. We see this in John, 1 John, actually, 1 John 3.20, where it talks about this in the context of things that are hidden, like guilt and, and sin. And yet the most amazing aspect, I think, of the omniscience of God, the fact that He knows everything, that nothing escapes His knowledge, is that He knows you intimately. Out of everything God knows, He knows you intimately. He knows your thoughts. He knows your likes, your dislikes. He knows your Enneagram, and He still likes you even despite that. He is a joke. He likes likes you. He, He knows you. In fact, this would be a really great moment to whip out our famous Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. That in His knowledge, God knows the good things He's got in store for you. This is such an encouraging message for the first one of the year. God, know, God knows you. In fact, let me say this, His omnis- omniscience works hand in hand with another aspect of his nature, which is his omnipotence. You see, because not only does God know the plans he has for you, but there is no limit to his power to perform that which he has planned. That's his omnipotence, his unlimited power. 
His unmeasurable power. This is the power of God. It's great to know things, but if you have no way to do what you know, then it's useless. But God not only knows, He has the power to perform that which He knows He is able to do. This is the power of God. It's, it's infinite power, both in the natural realm, the supernatural realm, the multiverse and the metaverse. God is powerful over all the verses. And this power is actually what enables God to, to carry out His sovereign will that He knows and the power to carry it out and, and for, his, for Him to be able to deliver on all the words that He promised because He's able. <laughs> He's powerful. I'm trying to pace myself in this because I see people taking notes and I wanna make sure you write down this seminar well. I wanna make sure you get a full knowledge of what's possible with God. In other words, we see that when God gives you an, a promise, when He puts His amen on something, it means that it's as good as done. That's what it means. Because nothing is more supreme than the power of God. Nothing can stop the power of God from accomplishing His divine purpose. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 19, 26. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I love that with God, all things are, but I'm trying to preach you happy on the first Sunday of the year. I'm trying to ignite a fire within you and enlarge your perspective to begin to believe a little more because where I wanna take you today, I need your believer to grow. I need, your, I need your understanding of what's possible with God by understanding some dimensions and aspects of His nature may just lend towards some belief of what God wants to do through you. In fact, another dynamic aspect of God's infinite nature is His omnipresence. <laughs> this means that not only is God everywhere all at once, but that He's also present and attentive to what you need. Like, like we know God's everywhere. Like he's everywhere at once. But unlike the spouse that's on their phone, God is attentive in the room. <laughs> like He's everywhere, but he's, he's attentive to what you need. He's attentive to where you are. This is great stuff. This means that, that, that ultimately, whatever we do, we cannot escape God's presence. David put it this way in Psalm 139, verse seven. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. That was a great resolve. God, I can't escape your presence. Some people are so busy trying to look for God's presence. Like if we pray hard enough, if we get on our knees and if we do 10 cycles of prayer, then maybe God will grace us with His presence. God's like, try and escape me. Try and escape me. Try and get away from me. I'll be right there with you waiting for you. Reframe our perspective of the presence of God. In fact, unlike the, uh, the James Webb telescope, God's not limited by time and space. Instead, His infinite presence is what establishes God as eternal. Eternal. Now, this, is, this might be difficult to wrap your mind around. I have spent ample amount of youth campfires trying to get my head around the concept of the fact that God is eternal, that God, God has always existed. Like He's always been. There was never a start to God. There's not an end to God. He has always been. There is no beginning. There is no end because He was, cre he was here before the world was created. Now, before we finish this little element on the infinitude of God, I must also reveal that, that because God is infinite, He is also transcendent. I love this fact, that He is transcendent. That means He is high above. He is far above. He is transcendent. He is in with you, but He is also above it for you. 
So that's why God can be with you in the storm, but He walks on top of the water because He can pull you out of the storm. This is the transcendent nature of God. He can be in two places at once. He might be with you in the mess, and that's the beauty of our God. That's grace incarnate right there, that God doesn't say, hey, when you get yourself together, uh, come to me and then I'll see if you're worthy. No, God says, right where you are, I'm coming right into your world, but also I have the power to pull you out of it. He's transcendent. He is high and far above, which is the perspective I feel we need to carry into the new year as a believer. Because when, when you know what's possible with God, then all of a sudden your excuses seem to dissolve. <laughs> when you know what's possible with God, all the obstacles and the limitations, all those things that you want to drag in from the, from the previous year begin to fade away in comparison to the perspective of what's possible with God. And I actually believe it is my assignment on the first Sunday of 2022 to make sure that I realign our perspective with heavens. That's my goal. That's my assignment. See, this is what Jesus was trying to do with the disciples. Constantly, he was trying to give them a different perspective. He even taught them how to pray. He said, when you pray, 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 Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because Jesus knew there were different realities in heaven than what we see on earth. But our job is to transcend the earthly reality and draw the heaven's reality, the perspective, the authority, and the power of God into our reality. Not only that, it's exactly what we see going on here in Genesis 15 with Abram. Let me show you because this all centers around a tent. We've got a tent. We've got Abram. Abram who is out here with God in Genesis 15. The, the one that God has chosen. And I love how it starts in Genesis 15. It says, after these things... After these things, in fact, let me, let me go ahead and tell you what was before these things. Because if you read after these things, you need to know what was before these things. And what we got in Genesis 15 is we pick up the story where Abram has just came off a, an incredible victory. He pursued the enemy. His nephew was stolen, abducted and taken. And then you've got Abram who grabs a, a, a squad of men together and they go after, they get a great victory. They, they achieve a great battle. And you go see God just give great blessings to Abram. However, as God comes to Abram, we find him at this point over a decade later of unfulfilled promises. That's what we find with Abram. We find him sitting in a situation where God's trying to come to Abram and say, Abram, I'm gonna bless you. And we see Abram say, that's good. But what are all these blessings when I don't have a child? You see, it's been a bit of a journey for Abram. He, he's out here in the middle of nowhere, 10 years, decade. A decade after God called Abram out of his family to leave his relatives, to leave his land, because God was not only gonna give him a land of his own, he was gonna make many descendants from him. This was the promise. There's different times in the last, you go all the way back to Genesis 12, Genesis 12, 13, 14, now at 15, you'll see time and time again where, where, where Abram will turn up somewhere and God will say, see everywhere you can see, I will give to you. Blessing, promise after blessing, promise. And now we've got God coming to Abram again in the tent and, and, and he says, Abram, I'm gonna bless you. And Abram, he says, what? Good, all these blessings. 
well, good, all these blessings. I wonder how many people have still got promises unfulfilled and you're trying to start a new year. You're trying to set some goals and you're trying to set some grand dreams, but you know you've still got unfulfilled promises. What do we do with them? Do we just file them away and get a fresh start? Or, oh God, what's the use? What's the use of dreaming again when I still haven't got what you previously promised? See, this is the setting that we find Abraham in. We find him in the, the tension, the tension, the tension, the tension. This is, I hate to be corny, but I am a dad. It's, the tent is the place of tension. It's a place of tension because I'm still mobile. So I've settled in my promise. So I haven't found my home that God promised me. There's so many blessings that God, what, God's coming to him trying to remind him, I've still got you blessed. I've still got things for you. But he's like, what good are those promises? All I feel is tension. And it's not that Abraham's, Abram's not content. <laughs> we know he's content because earlier we see that he just won a great victory. He got all the spoils of war, but he rejected all of it. He gave it away. He said, I don't need it. I'm good. I'm blessed. But yet, God, I still know there's more. See, this is the tension that we carry, I feel. And I wonder how many people have got some promises of God that are unfulfilled. I'm wondering if God is trying to teach us as we enter yet another new year how to be content in every season and yet by faith still lean into all that God has for us. See, we're about to enter our 10th year. 10th year, 10th year. This is our 10th year as a, a you're getting what I'm putting down. You're picking it up. It's our 10th year. And, 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 and it's not that, it's not that we're not content. Like we've got 10 locations around the world. We just bought a $32 million building as a church that we're about to move into. It's not that we're not content, but at the same time, we're leaning into all the promises that God has for us. I wonder if that's the trick to to know how to balance the the contentness with what God's done, but also by faith lean into what He's promised as well. It's the tension. It's the tension. It's the place where we find Abram. He's in the, the tent. And it's in this setting as Abram is in the tent, where God says, Abram, here he comes again, familiar voice. Many times he's had a voice from God, God promising him blessings. It's another Sunday, another year, still in the same hymn, same place. And God says, Abram, I am your shield. He doesn't even say, I'm gonna bless you this time. He says, I am your blessing. He says, I am your shield. He just went to war, so it's a good reminder. I'm gonna protect you, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Not, not just a normal reward. I got an exceedingly abundantly above reward for you, Abram. God comes to him in the moment of his tension. And I love what Abram says. I am not gonna recommend this to any one of the Vox Genes at all. Do not do this when God speaks to you. Do not say, look, Look, as if God isn't the ultimate person who can see everything. As if God is not omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. As if God doesn't see absolutely everything. He says, look, he's in the tent. Look, look, God. Look at, look around. Now you might be thinking, Abram's so ungrateful. But we do this as well. 
got a new year, what's your word for the year? Look, I still don't have another spouse. Or maybe we don't just do what we don't have. Maybe we do it with what we do have. Like God's calling you to reach a city, but, but God, we just got a little campus. Like God's calling you to be generous, but God, I just got a little startup business. Like we know God has got big things for us and we wanna dream big, but we're like, God, look at my little tent. Like that's so, so little, so little. This is how we talk to God. Don't act like Abram's out there on an island on his own. You're on that island with him. Every time God speaks to you, you get inspired, but then you're like, but look, but look at what we don't have. Look at what we do have. It's just, it's just little, it's just little. And we've got God trying to help Abram, trying to remind Abram of all that he has promised, but all Abram can see is his limited setting. He's he's tracking with me. Just a little God, just just a little tent, just a little setting, just a little gift, just a little job, just a little promotion. This is one of the most frustrating things and, and, and I love it don't get me wrong you get that end of year bonus and you're like this is great Christmas time but then comes January and all those little bills keep coming <laughs> well those little things I got to carry the little that I've got and it's got to go a long way God I, I love the blessings but when, when you got more from me and I love what the amplified writes that the new King James pretty much just implies is that God comes to him in the tent. This is so powerful to me that God comes to him in the tent. While he's in here limited, God speaks to him in the tent. I wonder if there's intent to God's timing that he speaks to you. I wonder if there's real intent. You see, I speak to people all the time and coming from one who has done this a lot, go on a prayer retreat to hear from God, go and get away from the noise and get away from everything to get up on a mountaintop so that you can hear from God. For speaking from someone who's tried that a lot, it doesn't work. I broke so many people's hearts just then. Maybe it works for you, don't work for me. In fact, the moment, the times I hear God the loudest is not when I get away, but in the midst of everything that I've got going on. Like God will often speak loudest to me right after an argument with Kara. Like, oh, I won. God's like, what did you win? See, God doesn't speak to you outside of the mess. God comes to you in your mess. God doesn't waste the mess. God gets you right in the midst of your limited little scenario and setting and uses that as the avenue through which He wants to speak into your world. I wonder if there's intent to the tent. I wonder if there is a clear intent to not just get Moses in a time of victory, but in a time where he's looking around, I'm still here. It's a new year. This is what we do all the time coming to a new year. We love the New Year's resolutions. Like, because the new year or the New Year's resolution is all about a new me. Like, you go, guys, you, you cannot wait to see the new me in 2022. Man, he is fit. He is jacked. Man, he has got a whole new diet plan. He has got like a whole, he's invested in weights. Like, the new me looks good. However, the problem is I'm still the same me. That's, that's the rule. This is why New Year's resolutions don't last because they last a week, but the same you is still there. 
trying to do new things. God's got some blessings, but it's still the same me. I'm feeling the tension of the tent. I'm feeling tense. And it's in this place where I feel God has some clear intent. Intent. God is kind. Because what I would expect God to say when I say, look, God, thanks for your blessings. Thanks so much for all the good things you've done. But look, I'm still not where I need to be. But God doesn't do that to Abraham. As, as Abraham is in the tent and he's like, God, look at what I don't have. Something amazing happens. He doesn't say, you ungrateful little man. That's what I would say. Instead, while he's in the tent, God does something. He says, Abram, come out of the tent and look now. He says, look. And in that moment, he takes him from his canvas canopy to a celestial one. And he sets him underneath the expanse of the sky and the expanse of the stars and where Abram is so busy saying, God, look at what I don't have. God says, would you for a moment just look at what I got? To your look, I raise your look. I lift your look. He says, look to the heavens. See the stars. He says, try and number them if you can. And like an ultimate flex from God in Psalm 147, we see that it's revealed that God not only numbers the stars, but He names them. Some of you have a hard time naming four kids. God names every single star. Every star is by name. God planned it as a revelation to Abram. I see you're limited. I see where you're looking. I know what you want me to look at, but just for a second, would you, would you look at what I can do? Would you begin to expand your horizons? Would you begin to lift your eyes and begin to see beyond the limitation just for a second so that I can show you what I wanna do in your limitation? I, I, I've, been, I've been really loving a whole idea of stargazing lately probably since I moved out to the country, really. Maybe because I can see them now. When we lived in the city, I couldn't see stars because there's so much light pollution, so much distraction going on. But now we moved out in the country, it's like stars everywhere. I'm like, baby, have they always been here? She's like, yes, they've always been here. But, but we couldn't see them before because there were so many things that were limiting our perspective. It's amazing just to sit there and just stare at the expanse of the sky. And I don't know if Abraham just tried to start numbering them. God said, hey, silly, come on, just... You're missing the point here. I'm trying to show you something of what I can do in here. See, so you're limited in your perspective. You're asking me to look at what you don't have. I'm trying to get you to look at what I do have. I'm not trying to get you to look beyond my problems. I'm trying to get you to see what I can do through your limitation. I'm trying to see, show you what I can do through your limited perspective. I'm trying to get you to understand what I can do through your little tent. What I can do through the, the little. What I can do through the little. God, God can do it 
God can do a lot through a little. Did you know that? Uh, this is one of the most empowering ways to start a year is not to just look at what you don't got, but to say, God, what can you do through this? See, see, see there is certainly intent in my mind for God going into the tent. And He brings him out just for a moment to see what's possible with God, to enlarge his perspective. And I really do feel that God is wanting to enlarge some perspectives of what's possible with him. But it's not to disqualify the tent. It's not to disqualify the little that you've got. In fact, I wonder if the tent simply intensifies what God can do. I wonder if the tent speaks to the intensity of of what God can do, not just through big things, but what God can do through little things. I'm wondering if God's trying to do two things here. He's trying to come to Abram while he's in his tent, his limited space, but let him peer out to the sky and see that at the same time, I'm big. You've got a little canvas canopy. I've got a celestial one. I've got some big things, but I'm not trying to remove you from this. I'm trying to connect them. Like Abram, you're limited here, but I'm infinite. I'm in, I'm infinite. I'm infinite, I'm in finite, I'm in finite things. What if the infinite and the finite are connected? What if God wants to not just take you out of the tent, but He wants to work through the tent? Just stay with me, stay with me. This is gonna drop for somebody. What if there is, what if there is a connection between the infinite and the finite that God is trying to help Abram understand? Um, I've got intent. And maybe through the things that you see as limited, God wants to reveal as this only intensifies. You see, we often think God gets all the glory from the night sky and the creation. I mean, we're sending telescopes out to the unknown reaches of the universe. But I don't know if people are gonna sit there and go, wow, God's big. They're probably gonna say, I wonder if there's life out there. I wonder what we'll find. I don't think many people out there saying, wow, God's big. So I I don't know if the bigness of the universe and the expanse of creation give God as much glory as when God does something big through something so little as you. (laughs) I wonder if it's the finite that gives more glory to the infinite nature of God than this, the canopy of the celestial stars. Maybe it's you in your little tent saying, God, look around, I see limitation, but God, I'm not gonna let this limitation hold me back from saying, God, if you can use it, here it is. I'm not gonna squander one blessing. God, I believe in your promises and I can believe you can do it because because Abram says this, God says, I wanna do it not beyond your limitation, I wanna do it through it. He says this, this one shall not be your heir. Talking about his servant, Eliezer of Damascus, that's not your heir, but one who will come from your own body. I'm not bringing somebody else from another tent, another town. It's gonna come from this tent. It's gonna come from this space. Everything that's in this space that you think can't provide what God has promised. God said, you just watch. If you would just give it to me. 
too many people are looking for a new year and new things that God's looking for the same things that He's been asking all last year. Like, like this year is the year my business is gonna exceed and then I'll bless God. God's like, I just want the blessing from your little business. Well, when I, when I, when I get my degree or when I get all those skills, then, then, then I'll serve God. God's like, I just want you to serve me in your simpleness right now. See, we think that God's gonna bring something, then we give it to God. God's like, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for your little tent. And you think you graduate the tent, guess what? I dare say you're gonna drag that tent all the way through life saying, God, here it is. God's working through the tent. You know, see, see, I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure of God wanting to do big things, but I'm like, God, where are you gonna get that from? What are you gonna use, God? I know you wanna do big things through Vibe Church, but God, I'm limited. I I don't have the influence that you need. God, I don't have the following that you need. God, I don't have the platforms you need. And I do what you do, what Abram does. God, look, it's all I got. But God is saying, that's that's all I want. It's not gonna come from some other household. It's gonna come from your own body. It's gonna come from this little tent. The tent is just a metaphor. I don't know what your tent is. I don't know what your limitation is. I don't know what you have a dialogue in your mind, but I gotta tell you, this is what the tent is. And I love what Abram does. He does it so powerfully. Verse six, it simply says in verse six, and he believed. And he believed. He believed in the Lord. And he, being God, accounted it to him for righteous. What that means is he stopped looking at the limitation. And he said, God, I'm getting the connection. I see what you're working with. I see what I'm working with. But like a magnifying glass, this is simply intensifying what you'll do. Because when you birth a nation through my body, man, man, nobody's gonna believe it was my doing. They're gonna know that my God is big. Well, when, when they take a barren old man and a limited thing, a place that we can't even call our own and no descendants, and yet you birth a nation from me, God, you're gonna get incredible glory. I can see that this tent, that, that what I was trying to escape and what I was trying to break free from, God, you wanna work through in this space. So God, here it is. He said, God, I surrender. And because he believed, it was accounted to him for righteousness. See, this is the point. It's the point of surrender. To stop disqualifying. We we think God's looking for perfection. He's looking for permission. We did you get that? God's we think he's looking for the perfect version of me. When I get better, God's like, I'm just looking for you to give me permission to use what you've got to use what you've already got and surrender to me. And when I surrender it, God can do great things through it. See, it's when I surrender it, I realize little is much when God is in it. When God is in it. When God is in it. God is in it. He's infinite. 
but He's also in it. <laughs> he's in your little limited setting that you dragged into the new year and you're hoping that God does something big. Guess what? He can. He can. But He also can't while you're looking for what God is and hasn't given you. He's like, I wanna use what you've already got. Hey, I hope you were blessed by that message. We release new content every single week here at Vive Church. And so if you don't wanna miss any of it, I would encourage you, go ahead and subscribe. Also visit our website, vivechurch.org to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of Vive Church. God bless you.